Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Chris. Today's pod is called Selling the Farm, which could be considered a continuation of some of the themes that came up in Bedding the Farm. You'll hear about some old school values about trusting your neighbor and respecting a set of guidelines that are set from a place of dignity. Talks about respect for built relationships rooted in a physical place. And in an era where entire TV seasons and ding-dong millionaires are built entirely from generating drama and posturing for the best angle, I find and found this story to be refreshing, like a glass of lemonade on the front porch. Dan talks about the ins and outs of negotiating the sale of a piece of land that has been in his family for decades. His telling of the tale is about a lot of things, partnering with parents in business transactions, letting go of something precious, prioritizing natural resources, and, among other things, the disturbing fact that Andy and I were not on Dan's list of guests to walk through this Shangri-La for some reason. This will be a shocker, but the thing that stuck out to me about Dan's story was the power of human relationship and connection and having a certain kind of moral standard in conducting business that centers around placing people above money and placing the land above commercial interests, none of which would be possible, in my opinion, without the business of being face-to-face with other humans in authentic ways. I won't say a ton more about this. Dan will guide you through But his story and this face-to-face interaction that's so necessary brought to mind a quote from the great Kurt Vonnegut, where he highlights the essential fact of this face-to-face shared human interaction as non-negotiable, essential part of human existence, that if we're to continue to have our priorities aligned, it's something we need. At a time where a lot of people are still spending most of their working day on Zoom or doing yoga on Zoom or taking classes online and reading emails on their phone before they take their dog for a walk even, it's good to remember that our collective pirate ship is still headed toward a world where human connection and face-to-face interaction is what will continually create the reality we want, one that is based in actual reality. And that interfacing with each other makes the world better. It's that connection that guided the Higgs farm sale, made it possible, and we can't lose sight of it. So here's Vonnegut. I work at home, and if I wanted to, I could have a computer right by my bed, and I'd never have to leave it. But I use a typewriter, and afterward I mark up the pages with a pencil, Then I call up this woman named Carol out in Woodstock and say, Are you still doing typing? Sure she is. And her husband is trying to track bluebirds out there and not having much luck. And so we chit-chat back and forth and I say, Okay, I'll send you the pages. Then I go down the steps and my wife calls, Where are you going? Well, I say, I'm going to go buy an envelope. And she says, You're not a poor man. Why don't you buy a thousand envelopes? They'll deliver them, and you can put them in the closet. And I say, hush. So I go to this newsstand across the street where they sell magazines and lottery tickets and stationery. I have to get in line because there are people buying candy and all that sort of thing, and I talk to them. The woman behind the counter has a jewel between her eyes, 
And when it's my turn, I ask her if there have been any big winners lately. I get my envelope and seal it up and go to the Postal Convenience Center down the block at the corner of 47th Street and 2nd Avenue, where I'm secretly in love with the woman behind the counter. I keep absolutely poker-faced. I never let her know how I feel about her. One time I had my pocket picked in there and got to meet a cop and tell him about it. Anyway, I address the envelope to Carolyn Woodstock. I stamp the envelope and mail it in a mailbox in front of the post office, and I go home. And I've had a hell of a good time. I tell you, we are here on Earth to fart around, and don't let anybody tell you any different. The Podjectivity Network. Big news on the Higgs front. The family farm. Fort Higgs, the original Fort Higgs. How many years in your family? Uh, purchased in 1967. Uh, I, oh, man, I just looked at all the paperwork. It was like November 1, 1967. Yeah. On a land Summer contract. Love, Dick Higgs was naked. <laughs> and finally... Oh, Close. He was in the Air Force, uh, stationed in Anchorage, Alaska. <laughs> really, but close. Really, Very close. Really close. He had a lot of layers on because it's yeah. cold up there, Dan. That's that's not the first time I've thought of that because my parents are kind of older folks. Mm-hmm. And I was like, they were alive like all during the Beatles and stuff. And they just did not give a shit. Like, oh, right. They're just, they were already over it. They were already older when that was all happening. Mm-hmm. But anyway. That's like us. We're like, where's the chair in this concert? <laughs> Is there a seating here? Because I'm, I'm tired of standing. That's where they were. And the Beatles came out. They're like, yeah. well. Yeah. Okay. Their but time was like the 40s and 50s. But, but their younger sister was passing the fuck out with hysteria. <laughs> right. How many bands do that? Just put the ladies to sleep <laughs> with their tunes. Uh, K-pop. Not very many. Not now very it's K-pop. Many. Oh, I right. Think. K-pop. I did K-pop it once at an androgynous. Mic. What? No, I didn't. No. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, We're off track already. It's only been three and a half minutes. November 1, uh, 1967. In 1967, they bought a 120-acre farm with buildings and so on for $17,500. They wow. Put, they put 5000 down and then financed the rest on a land contract with August and Maud. So, yeah, it's been in the family since 1967, and they didn't get down there until 68, I suppose. Uh, got a, when they got out of the Air Force, they, they came from Anchorage to Madison, and then Madison was their last stop on their long journey together. Dick dropped through right the Air Force. the Postal Service? No, no. After, after uh, the Air Force, he bumped around for a couple of years doing some odd jobs. Let's face it, odd jobs. Like he was a security guard at a, a, a power plant. Like, is there such a thing anymore? Do they have security guards at power? I don't know. Like, <laughs> just these weird kind of jobs. He the just, kind of guy that carried a walkie-talkie instead of a gun. I, Probably. I guess. Like, did he work nights? Like, was he armed? I, I don't, we know. don't know. I don't know this stuff. But he did eventually get in at the post office, and the rest is history. Spent the rest of his working life there. Um, so anyway, uh, Dad's been gone for, and a lot of this, folks, is in uh, betting the farm. You can get some context three episodes ago or so. Um, uh, in case you forgot, uh, Dad saw the place and said, "This is it." 
and he called Mary and said, I found the farm. And she said, well, if you think so. And uh, like any good, the good old days wife would say at yeah. that time. Right. He said, this is it. She said, okay, I believe you. And that was how, that's how it happened. Lead me to Eden, darling. And they, uh, so yeah, 1967 to 2021. So dad's been dead about four years now. And at the beginning of COVID, uh, March, March of 20 or so, we were up there to meet some friends and walk some dogs. And uh, a neighbor just drove up the driveway and introduced himself and said hello. And, uh, and said, gee golly, you know, I'd, I'd like to have a shot at buying this place. Or, or he wasn't that forward about it. You know, like, oh, what are you guys doing with it and stuff? And right around that same time, Dad had been gone for a couple of years. And right around that same time is when my mom really started. I could just, you could just feel it over the phone that she was, it was just kind of wearing her down. Mary had been out of the farm since your dad passed. So it had been um, basically sitting vacant? Before, since before he passed. We got them off the farm and into an apartment uh, at the last possible minute. Like it was, a, it was an evacuation. Dad's, dad's health had deteriorated pretty rapidly. And we all knew they had to get off the farm. But like, was there? A, you make it sound like there was a helicopter involved. Mm-hmm. It was almost like that. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was almost like that. Yeah. Dude. And I had always approached them as like, let them do for themselves as long as they can, because you don't want to take it away from them while they still can, and just because they struggle a little bit, you don't want to take it away either, because once it's gone, it's gone. Um. Yeah, so at the same time this guy happened to bump up the driveway, that's right when my conversations with my mom were getting really like, Danny, I have to I have to sell the farm. I have to do something. It's stuff's going wrong. It costs money. Uh and it just was wearing on her. Wow, and yeah. She's a eighty four year old widow, so you got it. It's like, Good all right, job. time yeah. to it's go time. And that's so serendipitously, that's when I met this guy. It's a very, very special place, and uh, not just because I lived there and stuff. Like that's just not my take. Everybody who's ever come out there, we bring people out there. Well, not you guys, but we bring people <laughs> out there, and everyone is gobsmacked. And th- I think we've covered this too. Like, and everybody goes, "Oh, you you can't sell this place," and it's like, "Well, yeah, we have to." Do you want it? Like, do you want to take care of all this? Uh, you need to live there. You can't. You can't own it absentee you have to live there if you're gonna if you're well, gonna and not only and our would buyer, you like to but it'd be wasteful almost right to it has have, been all the, right right it has been kind of wasteful the way that you this and for everyone who has background you know sorry to repeat but your whole childhood is represented in this place oh every yeah. shot taken on the hoop yeah every lap on the bike up and down the hill was the hoop? all the adventuring in the woods yeah. all the cavorting around like indiana jones all that stuff some hunting. I got a little hunting. Climbing around in old farm buildings, oh, barns. Yeah. Yeah. Was was your hoop attached to the garage? No, the hoop was out in the driveway, uh, outside the. So you had a pole that stood independent yeah. on a piece of concrete, even. But it was, uh, good news, bad news. Uh, really nice setup, but it was sort of wedged into this like concrete retaining wall between these two walls. Interesting. So we didn't have like a full court to play on. Yeah. You know, listen to me whining about like my court wasn't good enough, but um, no, so you couldn't play like a full game. But hey, man, we had the best hoop in the neighborhood, I guess. So it was, you know, people like to come up and play. That's sweet, dude. 
Um, so yeah, everything I, well, yeah, that's where we grew up without the internet. Yeah. So you make the most of it out there. Um, not hard to do it. It doesn't sound like no. And, uh, boy, it took, so once the idea was hatched and, uh, we, the, the mandate from the beginning from mom was, uh, we will not use realtors and there will be no bidding war. And that was oddly, I mean, that sounds, it is simple. That sounds, that's really simple. Two simple rules. Extremely wise though. And over the next 20 months that unfolded, lots of ups and downs and it's a lot of work. And, uh, but that ended up being, that made it go smoothly. And with those parameters, uh, it was never going to be sold to a stranger it was going to be sold to someone who touches it basically how long did that us. neighbor live there did they know dick and mary somewhere? oh yeah 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 okay many many years yeah. uh not not real close but friendly acquaintance for and that family has been there uh for a really long time before we ever got there uh this guy's family's been up there for a long time uh Whenever I would go up there to do farm stuff with mom, we would go to eat at a restaurant. And people saw us there, and that's how it got around. It, it's not like it was... Fucking detectives up there. Well, gumshoes. It's a town, like a county of gumshoes. Lindhorn. <laughs> Truth time. It was uh, a restaurant in Portage. You know, we're close to Portage. But yeah, that really did it. We got some offers from people just out of the blue, and we said, how did you hear about this and they named a couple names you're in a booth with some papers what do you expect we they named a couple names and i just went mom you're not going to believe this but so and so saw us at the restaurant and surmised that yeah and it was it was done classy you know they these people feel like vultures are circling or anything oh no well yes and no i mean it's a big deal when a farm goes for sale up you're gonna you know how many years were dick and mary there uh, from 60, 68 to seventeen. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's 15? not like it's not like there's. Is that fifty years? Or there's almost sixty years. So it's uh, it's not like when you live in the suburbs, and especially when housing prices are what they are now. Like you just see yeah. every every week, there's a new place with a for sale sign outside. No, not it's there. not like that at all. Yeah, it's yeah, no. it's very They've rare. Been, and and also in place places like that. In places like that, family names mean something oh, yeah. to the community. The you know these people that lived up from you, for instance, like you know they're they just they're the fabric of the community. Mm-hmm. You know they were there was a teacher in that group. There was a guy who taught your son little league. There was a mm-hmm. all of that. All of I don't know. That's probably frayed and become a little less tight from when you were a kid, but it's still intact. Well, what the first answer. thing you said is very on the nose, which is the, the family names kind of matter. What did you say? Something along those no, lines? No, no, like, you know, you those names mean something, and yeah, yeah they yeah. they have relationships with each other, and it's it's not quite inbreeding, but it's it's <laughs> <laughs> it's you know. So, so that's the. Uh, We had a long-standing offer from our eventual buyer. Did it matter to you that you liked the guy? Uh, oh, of course, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then at the very last moment, we got another offer. And uh, I presented that to the to the first offer and asked him to top gotcha. that and make it a round number. Hmm. And that was the end of it. And... Um, he did? He did. Okay. And that was that. Wow. And... That's was where that, was that difficult for you? Um, because you're not a real estate agent. No, but lucky me, I work in surveying, and so I see this stuff. I'm, I'm, it's not mine, but I'm involved with it every day. I see it all the time. I see people going through it. I hear, you know, it's water cooler talk. It's what it's what we do every single day. We're involved in bu- yeah. selling, buying, building, everything you can do with property. Uh, my folks died. We've got this farm to deal with like every day. That's what I, and it, it did help a great deal. And, uh, my bosses at my company, uh, the, the president of my company, Ron Combs, uh, I learned a lot, learned a lot just being around him and seeing how he handles things, how he handles himself. And, uh, it helped. It all helped. And, our process was pretty simple, but there's some decisions still had to be made and stuff. And uh, was that example that he set just being able to distinguish between business and emotions or some other oh, element man. of professionalism? Because a family farm that's been in the family for around 50 years, mm-hmm. very emotionally charged. Could, well, it could be, but it sounds well, like. But I would say less so for me because yeah. of my life my my work yeah it's it's yes still very precious and all that uh sentimental but but then i look at it the other way too of like it's got to go so uh-huh. let's do this correctly mm-hmm. let's do it right let's be professionals and let's do it right hmm. um and uh so the the people that came in with the offer at the last minute uh they were a little curious why they didn't get to counter. Um, so this happened on a on a Friday. And by about 6 o'clock that night, I'd gotten a couple text messages that weren't exactly friendly. And I looked at them, and I understood. Very disappointed. They've lived around this place and wanted it for a very, very long time. Uh, And so I just said, I'm not going to answer. I will call on Monday. We will talk about this at the earliest convenience. But we just let's just have a weekend and let this wear off. Uh, And so, yeah, I called this guy, my neighbor growing up on Monday Mm -hmm. and immediately immediately got through any discomfort or or any there was no hard feelings there never was any hard feelings it was just uh ex- so was just another, explaining this was another neighbor who the, these are neighbors that came in with an offer right at the last minute that raised the first offer okay well so so you dispelled whatever potential tension could have been there it sounds right. like with more direct absolutely Contact. I wasn't going to text this guy. I was not going to work this out with him over text. That's wonderful. It, and it's because of relationships. Mm-hmm. It's relationships. And uh, why you don't break up with somebody over text? And uh, 
also expressed a few things, and uh, and I explained to him what my mom said at the very beginning, is that we're not uh. going to use realtors, and there will be no bidding war. And... Hmm. I, and I said, your two offers, it's so f- funny how this worked out, but your two offers set the price. He went over you, and that was the end of it. Could we have gotten a counteroffer from you? Yes. And he would have beat that. And then we could have gotten another counteroffer from you, and he would have beat that. So we just ended it right there. And that's where I could truly tell this guy, it was a mercy killing. That it wasn't about the money. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is. We knew we were going to get the money. Yeah. It sounds like to me, one of the wise, one of the things that was wise about your mom and not being greedy in a, in a situation like that. Is I am you, nodding hard. Yes. Yeah. That, that knows what a fair price is and what's good and what's right generally. Mm-hmm. And once that's achieved, let's wrap this up. That's exact. That's exactly right. Yeah. You two guys set the price. We asked him to go up a little bit, and that was the end of it. And uh, it was a wonderful, wonder, all of this. I, we talked about it in the Betting the Farm episode, but it, it continues. It, the, the, the good feelings just continue, the warmth and how sure we are that we did this right. Uh, continues wonderful still continues because Lawton told me that part of the deal is that you guys can just come up and yes we still get to hang out whenever we want up there huh and uh, we don't get to hunt which is fine I don't want to hunt I just want to go walk around with dogs that's all I ever want to do at that place Uh, it's too much for me to take care of I don't really want to hunt and yeah can we just I just want to go up there once a season and run the dogs around there's still a chance that he might invite us up there (laughs) Well, maybe. maybe if we wear dog disguises, it's sort of like Packer season there. tickets. You have to get on the list and wait. I got a little. Well, I'm willing to do it. Put me down. Uh, what a joy, though, I, to hear that everything worked out beautifully. It was handled beautifully. And so when I explained it to this neighbor, uh, nothing but warmth, nothing but love, and he said, "Well, I'm just glad it wasn't." I guess there's been some some out of towners um, who are kind of buying up land. Hmm. Out in our township, that's uh, happening where I I live too. You know, and so he was just happy to hear it wasn't one of those people. Hmm. And I was like, no, ne- it was never going to be that because there's no still a, there's still a tribal vibe yeah. among some of those folks. The way I mean, oh, even yeah. that you're using the term the outsiders. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. This is not hyperbole or or yeah. figurative language. This is literal. Um, our neighbor down the road died at the age of ninety nine. Ah. Uh, bottom of the hill from us and another neighbor just bought his farm mm-hmm. and everyone's just relieved everyone's so glad that it's a neighbor that bought it and not someone else do you think if you're 99 and you know you're Damn. going out before you hit 100 there's a part of you that's like oh shit I almost did it you know hit the century mark or mm. do you just are you so miserable and in pain or out of it that you don't give a fuck I'm gonna say B <laughs> I saw a 99-year-old in hospice that was doing pretty well. I mean, he was still trimming his own hedges and riding his oh, lawnmower. And my 99-year-old my neighbor, hero. he'd been miserable since he was about 95. Okay, so he was he ready. Was, he'd been ready since he was about 95. You'd see this time. guy. I didn't see him much, but you'd see him and ask him how he's doing. He'd be like, terrible. Why am I still here? <laughs> and he would, he would like, Yeah. he didn't go into a lot of detail. You know, a pretty stoic guy. But he would just say like, terrible. I feel terrible. <laughs> I'm just... 
He was alone, you know, he's lonely. It's <laughs> fucking. It's funny though. Yeah, that doesn't mean it's not funny. He would just like out with it. He'd just say it. Oh, I feel terrible. Um, <laughs> Everything hurts. So let me just put a. I'll try to put a bow on this here. Uh, so once we 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 worked through the part about the money, you know, and that's a maybe a tangent of my own here, you know, you people uh, people have a lot of opinions about people with wealth. And, uh, but that's kind of who it takes to buy this place. You, you can't like empty out your piggy bank and buy our farm. It's, it deserves better than that in a way. Um, but it's also from our perspective, it's a very, that makes it a very safe, those are safe hands to put it in. They're not going to get desperate and have to sell it or split it up or mm, something. No, interesting. not going to get, no, it's. It helps preserve it. You and trust now, someone who handles money well. Yeah. And has lived above us since before we were there. Mm-hmm. And has always had an eye on it. And takes impeccable care of their land. Stewards have always been wonderful stewards of their land. You know, it's like, how do you take care of your stuff? You look at how you, you can see it. You can see how they take care of their mm-hmm. stuff. Very well. Great neighbors. Excellent neighbors. So because of my vocation and working with land and just, I don't know, it's just all my experience with this, I guess. I said, at some point, you have to factor out who wants it and how much they're willing to pay and ask what's best for the land. Uh, And I just, I keep using words like sanctuary it's like a county park almost. It's it's so big now and so self-contained or or uh and now the person who's going to buy that good luck. Like it is that is that is such a lofty piece of property now. So like we did do right by the land. We made it so goddamn valuable mm. and it's going to be so hard to get your hands on that. Harder than getting the gun out of Charlton Heston's dead hands? Yeah. Huh. The, because selling to our buyer, that's as close to forever as we mortals can get in the world of money and transactions and life. Uh, he's, he's as cl- he and his family are as close to forever as we'll get. What his heirs do with it, maybe... I'm, I would guess they're going to hang, you know, just my hunch though, once you have land like that, yeah, uh, you'd hang on to it, but we let go. So they might let go. It's just going to take one hell of a special buyer to step into those shoes next. That's, uh, so what's the glory in living? Doesn't anybody ever stay together anymore? And if love never lasts forever, tell me what's forever for? Whoa. Well done, though. But that's as close to forever as we're going to get. And uh, so I know I've said I'm going to put a bow on this. And I eventually will stop talking, but we we didn't just sell the farm. 
This was our swan song in the neighborhood. This was our bow. And that and I am so, so goddamn proud of how we went about it. That everybody knows how it went. Everyone's gonna know. Yeah. There wasn't a bunch of bids, and it's just over. And they Dick Higgs would approve. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think it was partially Dick's? I've what we counsel? asked that too. Mom and I sat at the restaurant and wondered, like, did we, you know, is he happy with this? And uh, I don't think we could have done any better, really. You could do a lot worse. The it priority list. Great. The priority list is so um, just against what you hear happening in, like, mass culture mm-hmm. in America. It, it sounds like your priority was, like, land first, then people, mm-hmm. then money. I think yeah. they just kind of and followed the Trump method. <laughs> and it's a great example dan the, read the art of the deal you so didn't get ties, no so one got suckered no no one got screwed no no one was hurt no. even the guy that didn't get the land was like yeah i can see that's best for the land he understood yeah and it's just so beautiful yeah well also i think maybe i'm projecting this but built in there well, give it a shot Built it, built <laughs> in there. Project all you hey, want. Maybe, yeah. I'm a white screen. Go ahead, project, and we'll. <laughs> but if Dick and Mary live next to both of these people for decades, true. And and you know, aside from what they're worth, they just live their lives together with these people and like have this this built-in sort of connection too with community events and picnics and all of these other just you're not going to get petty about money afterwards then right or it's out of respect could. i mean you Hatfield could and mccoy's you know there could be a few there's there still could be there's pettiness. still room for it it can be but mm-hmm. i'm just saying i think it it has a little bit to do with how dan made the point of saying i'm not going to resolve this over a text i'm going to call and when you have that direct person-to-person conversation, what's being recalled is how great a guy Dick Higgs was and how he was the best neighbor ever for 40 fucking years. Well, or I whatever. Think- so you're not going to be a dick to his son because you have those memories and that relationship no. that means more than what you own. I yeah. also think it started before that when Mary said, there's not going to be a bidding war over this land. Right. She set the tone. Yeah, she mm-hmm. did. This eighty-four-year-old woman. Mm-hmm. She drove this bus. Who always like, played right. second when it, when it was time to buy the land. She was like, "Whatever you like." <laughs> well, and we helped yeah. her, but mm-hmm. it's up to her. And that's it. That Good was for her. You know, here's now. I'll talk for half an hour about uh, <laughs> that experience. How I've never dealt with my mom in business, uh, in anything resembling business, yeah. except when we worked at the 4-H uh, food stand <laughs> at the fair. And good job and selling she drove those a hard fucking bargain. Yeah, she sat in the back and cut good onions yeah. and I <laughs> pumped the milk for people or took money a little bit. So, so That's the closest business relationship we'd ever had prior to that. The 4-H food stand at the Columbia County Fair. What would you say that it was you did brisk business? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, it was right on the, the main the thoroughfare there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all about position. No, that was a great. That was really a great experience too. Lots is to land the food stand. <laughs> it was primo. 
and you Real have to, you have to move at her pace and that it was all just everything about this was so good mm. it, to learn it taught me a great deal of patience had to had to go over things a lot huh. because she's got to be sure and so got to well, be the gravity with doesn't which... matter how many times we have to go over this let's go over it again because let's make sure Let's make sure it's right. Let's make sure we're... Is that her personality or her age, do you think? Both. Uh-huh. Very detail, you know. You know, I noticed, I think I've mentioned this to you guys before, one difference between the seniors that I work with mm. and just the other general population of anyone age 50 and under is that when I take their credit card payment and I hand them my phone for them to sign, they actually sign their name. They make out each letter. I'll bet it's oh, I do a fucking beautiful script right? too though. It means something to them. Mm-hmm. So it's no wonder to me that she's like, read it again. Yeah. Go over this again. This is my name. It's my land. It's not just like yeah. it it's there's Pretty substance. She, she felt her autonomy in there too. Like yeah. it, I could see it, it was that's what everything about this was so interesting mm-hmm. and so uh it was all just so eye opening. It was really eye opening. Susie Orman talked about uh you know she's a she speaks about money and she writes books about money she's got a more megawatt smile than joel austin she does yeah, mega she, megawatt but she's blinding inspirational when she's speaking i've heard you know maybe 10 years ago i was listening to what she was saying and she talked about uh people who would get really invested people would come to her for money advice and they'd be really invested in um well i'm an accountant or i'm a I'm a teacher or I'm a this or I'm a that. And I uh, have, you know, my, my mother and father did this and my grandparents did this and my kids do this. And I grew up in this part of the country and I did this and that and this. And the people that come to her generally, their finance, their finances were a wreck. And she said that she would start by asking them, tell me your name. And they'd be like, Chris Adams. (laughs) Just like a whisper, totally insecure, not confident. Um, and she'd be like, when you are aging and declining and you're retired and you're in a nursing home, you're not the accountant. You're not the school teacher. You don't own land or you're not a, necessarily a grandchild to anyone anymore. And your identity is your name. People come in and they say, hi, Mary. How was your day? And starting now, this is the first thing you need to own when you're talking about your money. Start saying your name with authority. Like, it means something to be who you are. And it kind of reminds me of that, like the signature thing of like, it means something. It's your name. Say it like you mean it. Well, and when Dan was talking about being a steward of the land and how he trusted mm-hmm. so passing it on to these people who had a proven record of showing that attention to detail and that care, mm-hmm. you know, like if it's not a sloppy scrawl, that means you're thoughtful and you're, and you're, you know, yeah, you can, 
you put care into what you do mm-hmm. on some level. And if you have a profound quote or a clever turn of phrase after your name, then you've got a little bit of wit about you mm-hmm. or, you know, <laughs> or you're deep or my dad had a great one for a senior yearbook, which is totally sexist and just embarrassing in retrospect. Oh, yearbooks awesome. are a great example of that. Yeah, though. A, a man has a right to choose his own form of government, blonde, brunette or redhead. Oh. oh my God! Aged well, same good one, Rod. Wow! Wow! That is some. I've never heard that before. I've heard lots of old. Hi oh! That is wow. just sickening. My dad's bad. canceled. My dad is Ooh. fucking canceled. Spot me while I play I supply enthusiasm aimed at your end Different scan the floor for one tap and do a bobbin hand Any signal coming back on the same land for Rick and Frequency Wavelength House reception connection, don't flip the dial, that's your performance It's commercial free, it's commercial free Only thing for sale up here is me and my CD You're free to catch up on all times at the top of your lungs Got a mic and I can turn it up but I can't turn you down Got a mic what I need to do Let's more.